take your Bibles and let's turn to 2 Peter chapter number 1. Once again this morning, 2 Peter chapter number 1. Last week we began looking at what the Apostle Peter wrote here in this first chapter of his second epistle to the believers. He, he specifically uh, was writing about some things that God has given to us as believers. Understand that the things that we see here are some of the things that are in the possession of every child of God. That is, every person who has truly believed on Christ, though, in other words, those who have trusted in Christ alone for salvation, those two things, may, though they be, may be expressed a little bit differently, they mean the same thing. If you've trusted in Christ, it means you've believed on, in Him alone for salvation. Last week, we began by looking at just one thing, and the very first thing mentioned here in verse number 1, that where we saw that believers have been given a like precious faith. Let's, let's read our verse there. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we saw last week there's no such thing as a first class or economy class when it comes to salvation. you got the same salvation that your preacher has. you got the same salvation that the apostles had. And it is just as precious, even whether you realize it or not, it's still just as precious for them as it is for us. And... Uh, we, we, we may not really fully understand the preciousness of it until we uh, get home to be with the Lord. You know, as we grow in, in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, uh, our, uh, our relationship with Christ becomes more precious to us. When we, we, we see how, how more precious that it is. It's not that it became more precious. It was precious, but we just discovered it. Amen. We discovered how precious it was. And we're going to be discovering things throughout all eternity, I believe, about that. Ephesians 2, verse 6 and 7 talks about how God has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. And then it says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. It's a precious thing to be a child of God. It's a wonderful thing. And uh, even though we may not fully understand all that God has done on our behalf, um, it, it's still a great thing. Of course, we need to understand that comes our way by the second thing that we see here, which is the top, topic that I want to deal with today. Believers have been given the very righteousness of God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the last part of the verse there. Like precious faith with us through Precious faith comes through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, first thing this morning, I want us to understand the, uh, the definition of righteousness. If we're going to talk about righteousness, then we need to have it defined for us exactly what is it that we're talking about. Well, if you take a look at various Bible dictionaries, you'll come up with a pretty much the same definition, that is the quality, state, and characteristic of being in the right. That quality, state, and characteristic of being in the right. It not only speaks of what one is, but of what one does. Uh, one who is righteous 
does right. That makes sense to us, doesn't it? One that is righteous does right. Righteousness, according to the Scripture, is one of God's unchangeable natural attributes. It, it comes from Him. He is, he is full of righteousness. Scripture reveals to us that God has always been, He is now, and He always will be righteous. And uh, we know that uh, uh, because of that, all of His acts are always according to righteousness. There are several passages of Scripture that deal with that. Uh, Psalm 11, verse number 7, says, For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. Psalm 116, verse 5, says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. And in Psalm 145, Psalm 145, verse 17, says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all his works. And that gets back to that, uh, the one who is righteous does right. And we can always count on God to do right because he is righteous. Amen. And when God the Son, Jesus Christ, came into this world, he came to show us the Father. And, and always remember that Jesus Christ is the Emmanuel. He is the God with us. He was fully God fully God, and became man on our behalf. One of the ways that Jesus revealed the Father was in his righteous ways. And Jesus was the only righteous man from the very moment of his conception, by, and that came by way of the virgin birth. If he had been born in Adam, like all of us have been, then he would not have had that righteousness. But he was born of God. He was born, he, was, he had always been with the Father in eternity past. We're talking about one God expressed in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Just one God though. And, uh, but he became flesh. And John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the, of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word, uh, when the Apostle John wrote that, he says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God became flesh. Amen? And so, uh, understand the definition of, of righteousness. Then, second thing, let's understand that there is a standard for righteousness. A standard for righteousness. Wouldn't you agree, agree that uh, having a right standard of righteousness is important? It's very important, isn't it? Now, there, there are standards maintained for a lot of things in our lives. I read where uh, there's an International Bureau of Weights and Measures located in France that maintains global standards of mass and volume, and it establishes and maintains those standards uh, for those involved in international trade. That's to keep... Uh, like the Saudi Arabians from uh, changing what a barrel of oil is. Okay? Well, a barrel of oil here is the same as a barrel of oil there. As it's according to the international standard. And there's also an office of weights and measures in our own country that maintains the standards of measure for all kinds of things we buy and use every day. And for instance, uh, when we pump gas by the gallon, we like to know that we get an actual gallon of gas, don't we? You ever seen the little uh, uh, sticker there on the gas pump that tells you that's been inspected by uh, the weights measures folks, and they have checked it out, and it's delivering a gallon for a gallon. 
uh, we, uh, that's kind of comforting when you're pumping your gas because you, you want a gallon if you're going to be paying as much as you pay for a gallon of gas. And, uh, you know, if we want to understand our own personal righteousness or lack thereof, we must have a standard and compare ourselves to that standard of righteousness. And now understand that without a standard to go by, one definition of righteousness is just as good as another, right? You know, uh, and, and that's the way it is a lot of times. A lot of folks see themselves, well, I'm, I'm righteous. And well, their definition of righteous is different than the, than the Bible's definition of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 12 says this, says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And what that's talking about is, you know, it's easy for us to look at somebody else and think that we are um, more righteous than them, but they're not the standard, Okay. When we're talking about measuring up to the standard, you may very well be better than some. May may not be, uh, but they're, they're not standard. God has a standard of righteousness, and the Lord alone defines what that standard is. And His standard of righteousness is Himself, and humanly speaking, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at Jesus Christ, you see that He is the standard, and uh, that's the problem. Understand man's problem with God's uh, definition and standard of righteousness. That's the third thing I want us to see. Let's understand man's problem with God's definition and God's standard. Now, though we might look pretty good when we compare ourselves to someone other than the standard, that's not a wise thing to do because we're, we're going to be judged by the standard. And the Bible's very clear that not one of us measures up to God's definition of righteousness when compared to God's standard of righteousness, who is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's a problem for all of mankind. You know, some some uh, miss the standard by a long way, but we all miss the standard. Okay? If you miss the standard, uh, then here's what Scripture says. In Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That means nobody met the standard. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That word sinned means missed the mark. You didn't measure up. Uh, come short means not fitting up to the standard. All of us had that problem. And to not fully measure up to God's standard of righteousness is to come short. And humanly speaking, only the Lord Jesus Christ has ever measured up to what the Father was looking for. And he, the only, only life that, the, the, that God is impressed with is the life of His Son. Okay? You've probably heard me say that before. And that's why if we are in Christ, He sees His Son. His Son measures up. And uh, as a, that's where we want to be at. Humanly speaking, only the Lord Jesus has ever measured up, and that is how He was able to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He came into the world not only to, to show folks the Father and to show forth a right, what righteousness truly is, 
but he also came to die for sin and uh, make the provision. And uh, let's understand there is a penalty for not measuring up to God's definition and standard of righteousness. Um, Romans 5.12 put it this way, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Our problem is that we came through the line of Adam, every one of us. We can trace our heritage. We basically are all pretty much brothers and sisters, okay? Uh, I like that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, those of us that know the Lord. But we all came from Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden, came, came by that way. And because of that, uh, sin passed from Adam to us. And Romans 6.23 says that the, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And then uh, uh, you, know, so you, you might think about that, what I just said there, and say, well, everybody dies. Well, everybody does die one time, except those that are going to be taken out of here in the rapture. But everybody does die one time. Um, but Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, speak of a second death. And that's really what that's talking about. The wages of sin... Yeah, we have death because of sin, the natural death. But listen, when you, when you die in the Lord, you're absent from the body and present with the Lord, so you really never died. Your body may have died, but you didn't die. Okay? But there, there comes a second death when you stand before God and uh, the books are opened. And if, if you have not trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you stand at the great white throne judgment. And understand that everybody at the great white throne judgment, they are there not to see whether or not they're going to, uh, what, what the, what, what's going to happen to them. It's already been determined, but they're going to see just how unrighteous they are. Those books are going to be open. I believe one of the books that's going to be open is, is the Word of God. The Word of God's going to be there. And uh, any, any defense that we might put up and say, well, you know, well, uh, I, this. Let me take a look at the Word of God. And the Word of God very plainly tells us what we need to know. But um, also, the, the book of life is going to be there. And if your name's not written in the book of life, and you, it gets there by, by way of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, make sure that your name is written there. Um, a fifth thing I want us to understand this morning, let's understand uh, the provision by God to give us what we needed to meet the standard. You know, none of us measured up to the standard. How were we going to do anything except wind up in the lake of fire? Well, God stepped in. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? We had somebody cared enough for us uh, to step in our place. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 talks about, uh, it says, For he, speaking of God, hath made him, and that's speaking of Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made, listen, made the righteousness of God in him. God makes us righteous because he places our sin on his own son uh, who was nailed to the cross and died the death that should have been ours and he never knew sin. 
It wasn't his personal sin that he died for. He died for your sin and for my sin and for the sins of, of really everybody. It's, it, what's the sad part really is though that not everybody's going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Even though Jesus died for them and covering for their sin and the righteousness of Jesus is available to them. But if they don't believe on the Lord, if they don't trust on the Lord, trust in what He did for them, then they're not going to be saved. I like what Romans 6.23, we read, read the, the first part of it, the, for the wages of sin is death, but that's not how it uh, finishes out. The last part of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You like gifts? We always looked forward to getting gifts, didn't we? Whether it be at Christmas or a birthday or uh, some special occasion, we like we like gifts. Well, this was a gift that only God could give. A, a gift that we needed really uh, more than any other gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. That's how it's acquired. It's by grace. Grace being the unmerited favor of God. None of us deserve it. Uh, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. Listen, it says again, it is the gift of God. The gift of God. The Bible is very clear and that uh, salvation is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21 through 22 says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, and it says, Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. We're all in Adam. Okay? For as in Adam all die, but if you're in Christ, you, you'll be made alive. Uh, and uh, praise the Lord for that. Then I want us to see, let's understand that our position of being in Christ gives us an unquestionable eternal standing before God in Christ. Unquestionable. You know, you, know, you can question my righteousness, but you can't question Christ's righteousness. And I'm in Him. Yeah. Romans 3. Look at Romans 3 for a moment. Romans 3, verse number 21. In fact, we'll back up to verse number 19 here. Romans 3, verse number 19. Talking about, uh, you know, there's no way that we could uh, be saved by keeping God's law. That's not the purpose for what it was given. It says in verse 19, Now now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Notice, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And we know that to be true. As if you read through uh, the Old Testament, you read through the Old Testament law especially, 
uh, your, your heart will get under conviction because you'll come across some things that you were involved in at some point or another in your life. But look at verse 21. But now, <laughs> I like that, but now the righteousness of God, remember that's Jesus, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What does that mean? That means that the, the, even the law that uh, condemns us said that there was going to be coming a Messiah. There was going to be coming a Redeemer. And the prophets said the same thing, that Jesus was going to come into this world and He was going to give Himself uh, for our sins. And look at, uh, look at verse number 22. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. And remember, that's how you get it. The righteousness of God is a gift that comes, how? By faith of Jesus Christ unto all and, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. I'm glad that salvation was available to anyone. I'm glad it wasn't just to the rich because I'm not a rich man. Eh? I'm glad it wasn't just to royalty because I'm not, other than being royalty associated with Jesus Christ now, uh, you take a look at my bloodline, uh, you're going to find some unsavory things there. Uh, you just will. Um, but listen, we have the Lord Jesus Christ as being our covering for our sins all all of us have sinned, come short of the glory, glory of God there in verse 23, look at verse 24, being justified freely by His grace. Again, grace is unmerited favor, but it's through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. When Christ paid the price, He paid the price sufficient to cover the sins of the whole world. Amen? Think about it. He paid the price. What, what shame is it that there are folks who reject what Christ did for them and sadly they will uh, pay for their own sin for all eternity in a lake of fire. This gift of, e of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord is available this morning to you. I know most of us that are in here have Believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I don't. I can't know your heart, just the same way you can't know mine. But I trust that if you don't know Him today, that today will be the day that you come to know Him. What a blessing it is to be a child of God. So the question today then is this: Are you in Christ? Because only those who are in Christ have God's righteousness. Without God's righteousness, you're not going to get into heaven. You can only have God's righteousness in Christ. He is the righteous one. That is the only way we can get in. And only those who have God's righteousness through faith in Christ will be allowed to, to dwell with Him in heaven for all eternity. You say, but Brother Jerry, I trusted in the Lord and and man, I look at my life and the, 
I, I, you know, I, don't, I still don't appear to be very righteous. I mean, we, we do uh, walk better than we did before. And we do desire. I trust that if you are truly born again, you have that desire to live godly. But you, our righteousness is in Him. It's still not in us. It's still not in what we do. It's in what He has done. That doesn't mean that we go live the life that we uh, choose to live and and uh, forget about everything else. No, no. We we desire to to uh, please the Lord with our life, and the Lord gives us help. We when we get born again uh, by His grace, we. Uh, we receive the Holy Spirit of God that helps us walk, but we are still going to be imperfect until that time that we uh, are taken home to be with Him. Amen. But we are perfected in Christ Jesus. As God sees us, He sees us in His Son. And remember, the only life that He is pleased with is His Son. That's why we have to be in Him He sees His Son, and He sees us as being righteous in Him. So, let me me just plead with you today. If for some reason you haven't come to know Him, come to know Him today. And if you do know Him, share Him with others so that they can come to know Him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank You today for the righteousness that You made available to us. Lord, none of us measured up. None of us could meet the standard. But thank you that your Son that you sent into this world, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, measured up. And in Him is the only way that we can measure up. And Lord, thank you for uh, the, the blessing of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for that gift. What a great gift. A wonderful gift that was given. But it's a gift that has to be received. Just as if somebody gave us a gift and we don't bother opening it up and and putting it to use, it does us no good. The gift can be given. But if we toss it aside and say, no, I don't want that gift. Lord, how how bad is that? Well, it's, it's extremely bad whenever... That gift is the gift of eternal life through Jesus. Lord, help us to be concerned about the souls of others that are in the, they're in the same boat that we were in before we came to, to know Christ. Now that we've come to know Christ, Lord, we have an eternal home in the heavens. We have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And they could have the same thing if they would just trust Him. Lord, help us to, to be concerned enough to be the ministers of reconciliation that you called us to. Uh, Lord, you were in the world and Jesus, you were here in Jesus Christ reconciling the world to yourself, but you, you left the ministry of reconciliation to us. And Lord, we just pray that you, we would grab a hold of the, the great need in our day and time to, to, to help others come to know you. This blessing this invitation we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand please and